Welcome to another edition of Project 45 Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Michael. And welcome again. Uh, so this week uh, is Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of a different show. We've, we've talked about the impeachment before. Uh, we're pretty much uh, done with that, in my opinion. Um, it's a mute point. I'm, I'm not sure Congress is done with it. I'm sure we'll come back to it later, but... This is about Thanksgiving. Well, Eric Swalwell said today on uh, Fox News Sunday that they're still reviewing the evidence. <laughs> the I evi- don't think there is any evidence, but right. I, I think I think the American people have made up their mind. I think um, I think that issue is resolving itself. It's playing out. But we'll we'll continue to follow that as we always do on all of our shows. But again, this is we're coming up on uh, Thanksgiving, so we wanted to do our show uh, about giving thanks. Uh-huh. Uh, First and foremost, to being able to live into uh, living in a country where we have the freedom to do uh, such a show uh, and express our thoughts and our viewpoints uh, and have a conversation uh, amongst ourselves with those who agree and those who disagree and hopefully uh, reach out to those who disagree and persuade them otherwise. Uh, But... You know, as we look back, I look forward to this Thanksgiving, and I look back on where we are today in society. Uh, for me, you know, I'm not. I'm I'm only 39, mm-hmm. and um, that's you know, I thought I thought I would be saying the things that I'm about to say when I was in my 70s or 80s. Like, wow, you know, these whippersnapper kids. Why are they? You know, back in my day, but here I am at at thirty nine, saying, you know, when I was a kid, compared to what's going on now in society and in this country, you know, I'm still thankful that we live in a country, but I am also worried about where we're at as a country, and that's what the, today's show is about. Just kind of, uh, you know, our typical rant that we do. I think we, I think this is a rant show. Yeah, um, most of the time. Uh, but I think it, it strikes to the point uh, with a lot of people about, you know, I think people share a lot of viewpoint. So where are we today as a society? I mean, where do you think we are, Michael, as, today as a society? Well, I think I'm also 39. And looking back on um, when I was a kid and how things were when I was a kid, you know, uh, uh, up until recently in Tennessee, it's been in the last, what, 15 years or so, we had a blue law in Tennessee and no business was open on Sunday until noon. And, you know, when I was a kid, talking about Thanksgiving, you know, everything was closed on Thanksgiving. When I was a teenager, 20 years ago, everything was closed on Thanksgiving and everybody just spent time with their family. Um, but now we've come to a point where it's all consumer driven. And instead of spending time with your family on Thanksgiving, you're lined up at Best Buy to get a big screen TV. Yeah. I mean, that's where we've come as a society. I mean, we're breaking down... Uh, I think it starts with our children. Let's start yeah. there. Let's start the show there. It starts with our kids. 
And there's a fundamental difference in when I was in school and then what's going on in school today. Because I don't remember teachers telling me, uh, you know, that this is what I believe in as an adult educator and therefore you should believe it there, there too. Mm-hmm. There was an encouragement of expression and independent thought in our education in, back then. I don't remember it, any. It was no politics. Yeah, political there was no viewpoints or, or any or I don't remember my teachers even in high school or or middle school ever pushing a uh, political viewpoint or a societal viewpoint. I mean, they taught us, uh, you know, English. Just strict from the, the book. Eng- this is yeah. This the is English the facts teacher the taught English. The math teacher taught math. Uh, the history teacher taught history. It was no, uh, there were no bias. We weren't, we didn't write essays on why Trump was bad or, or whatever. You know, the things that are going on in schools today. We didn't have drag queen story hour uh, to promote the LGBTQ now we agenda have, or whatever. Now we have, now we have a society of, of children who don't know what, uh, locker room that they should use. We don't know what, uh, or that there's even a debate whether what bathroom certain individuals should use. I mean that it's absurd, or what locker room that certain individuals should use. I mean we've come to a point in our society where things are not just strange; they're absurd. It is absurd, and it is. When it starts with the kids and it starts with the education of the kids, those kids grow up and they mimic what they've learned. They play off what they've learned. And, you know, when when we were kids, uh, you know, we still had, we still got a little bit of the value. I, th- I think we, st- I think when we started, we started when this transition yeah. was, was starting to take place. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we were probably the last. Yeah. They're at the last and then it started transitioning over. Uh, you know, I remember as children, you know, uh, the boys had roles that would take on the boy roles. You know, we played we played house. We played house with, with, with our cousins and our, our neighbors and our friends that were girls and boys. You know, the guys took on the more masculine roles. We, we were we were the breadwinners. We, we were policemen. We were firefighters. We, uh, you know, uh, were doctors and lawyers. The wives or the girls played the wives and they took care of the children and that's just the way it was but we there's somewhere along the way in society of America we told that women you know in order to have uh, so-called equality or be valued you somehow needed to leave the home and stop raising your children and you need to get a job and then we programmed women to go get a job and uh, careers and then that left no one to raise the children and was that by design maybe so for what we've got to what you know to be a product of what we've got now because if you look back you know you take the mom out of the out of the equation and put her in the workforce and you put the dad in the workforce and there's no one there to raise the children and then we we raised you know this turnkey society that was a big term when we were uh, we were growing up that kids were coming home to an empty home and the television uh, would raise the child, and then we all look back on, we look back on um, children now, and our society of television rather, and we see that television is one of the 
biggest tools uh, of programming in society and desensitization towards a topic so that that topic becomes more palatable to the American society, uh, to voters, to people to, to integrate that into society. We've seen that with the LGBT. We've seen that with mm -hmm. interracial couples. We've seen that with uh, anti-Christian mentality. We've seen that with this anti- uh, Unless it's Kanye West. Unless it's Kanye. And then, and suddenly, then everybody, suddenly everybody loves Christians. But we see these we see these things taking place, you know, once we remove the mom and the dad and put the child at the behost of the television. And then now we, we fast forward to today and children are now still being raised by an electronic device. We've just we've just made that device mobile. We put a we put an iPhone ten or 11, 11 14, yeah. whatever the heck is out there now. In the Which hands. is the same as the iPhone as an iPhone, iPhone, <laughs> as an iPhone one, <laughs> my God, they just added a power button and charge you five hundred. Oh no, it's got a better from. camera. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's got a better camera. So we take the mobile devices, we put those in the child's hand, put the tablets in the child's hand. How many times do you go out and and, and shop and you go to Walmart, you go to these 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 retailers, or go kids, out to eat, go out to eat, the kids pitching fit, boom, there's a tablet in their hand, mm -hmm. and suddenly the kids drooling and cross-eyed mesmerized by whatever he's watching and the parents go about their business like oh little Timmy's over there being raised by this tablet so you've completely raised a society of children dependent on television and that I think is by design I think that's by design so that those in power those seeking such society can easily influence the children and get an end result of what they what they desire. Well, who's well, who's uh, whose mind is more malleable? I mean, how is it easier to change a society? Is it easier to change a society by targeting adults, or is it easier to change a society by targeting children? Absolutely. You change a. I mean, just in my lifespan, the whole societal dynamics have changed. And it's all with the young people, with uh, children who were children 15 years ago, and they're now adults. They're completely different. And we've changed our society through the children to the point now where we have four, five, and six years old who are transgender, which is totally absurd to me that a six-year-old can tell an adult what gender they are. And that now that we're moving to a society where everything is gender neutral and gender fluid, and there are court cases where parents are battling parents of, over whether or not to give their, to allow their children to be transgender or transition to a different gender. I mean, it's crazy. It is a crazy society. Uh, uh, a six-year-old six has no idea what they want to be in 30 years or 20 years. And to take the power, to build a society where you take the power of right and wrong and decision-making from the parent and put it in the hands of a six-year-old 
something is definitely wrong with our society. And that's what we have took. We've took the power of parenting out. And you see that, excuse me, you see that on a daily basis when you do go out. You see the child screaming and pitching a fit in public. You know, I want this toy. I want this. You know, I want it this way. I want it my way. And, and you know, we joke about it with the dog. We joke about, oh, you know, you're making your daddy very upset. This is how you make your daddy feel. Are you happy that you make your daddy feel upset? Please don't do that. Please, please don't, don't do that. Please, Timmy, please don't pitch and fit and, and throw things and scream and cry. At the you're embarrassing your, your you're mommy. You're embarrassing. My mama would have lifted her hand. Oh, yeah. As if she was the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Doing a Hail Mary pass for the Super Bowl win and nailed me upside the backside of my rear end. That's just how different society is. We've taken discipline away from children. There's no consequence for their behavior. You know, and I and I do remember I do remember when my when I was younger, I do remember my parents telling me, I want you to have the things that I didn't get to have when I was a child. I want you to experience the things that I didn't get to experience when I was a kid. But it was never things that were handed to me. Those were things that I had to work for. Those were things that my parents worked hard to give me the opportunity. And that's the key thing, I think, is parents working hard to give the child the opportunity, but not just handing it to them. And now we've created a society, a society where things are handed to the children. And... You know, you don't have to work for your first car. My mom and daddy's going to buy it for me. Yep. So then there's no sense of responsibility when you get the first car. You know, I'm going to go out here and not change the oil in it, drive it, you know, 100 miles an hour and blow it up. And I don't care because I didn't pay for it because I don't have to replace it. Someone else is going to replace it for me. And that's why Bernie Sanders is so popular. Exactly, because we've, we've told kids Elizabeth Warren that you don't have so to work. You don't have to work to go to school. Uh, you don't. You know, we'll we'll pay for you to go to school. We'll pay for your housing. We don't care how much the debt is, as long as you go to school and you get an education. But it, you know, it, it doesn't matter that you got an education in English, uh, in a predominantly English country. So that your English degree is about as worthless uh, as toilet paper. Yeah. That you're gonna, you know, mommy and daddy's. You know, spent all this money, and now you've come out in student loan debt that, you know, you're never going to pay off. Astronomical. So that you can go to college and act like an idiot and get a degree in English, but just for the sake that you went to Harvard or some, uh, you know, prestigious college or semi-prestigious college in your region, and you look like you've done something. In reality, you've done nothing. You've prepared yourself for zero contribution to society. Yeah. Well, that's like going to school and getting ethnic studies or gender studies or or anything like what that. name a career you you're going to get in gender no, studies i have no idea i can't imagine i can't think of a career that you could build unless you're going to be a professor and teach gender studies what you would get uh a job in gender studies that would actually contribute to uh, society and we've talked about this on the show before that a bachelor's degree is almost valued at the same value as a high school diploma at this point 
because the market is flooded with people who have bachelor's degrees. Well, that's because we've 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 taught a society that you know it it you should have be your, to go to college. it should be your right to go to college, and somehow somebody's going to pay for it, at, no matter what the cost, so that you can go to college and get a bachelor's degree, so you can feel good about yourself. But then in the and, end, you like you said, you you saturated the market to the point where the bachelor's degree is now devalued to the point that it's essentially a high school diploma. It's a high school diploma. And there's no work out there for these people. Well, well, most most, um, degrees that you get, like if you think of a degree in psychology or social work or something like that, to make any money or actually go anywhere in those uh, in those career fields, you have to have a master's degree. If you don't have a master's degree, you're not going anywhere. Right. And the master's degree is the new bachelor's degree. And uh, just because I have experience and I have uh, background in education and social work, to be in, in social work, you have to have a master's degree to make any money. A bachelor's level social worker makes $25,000 a year. That's make, nothing. That's nothing. You that's can, nothing. I mean, you can make that with a high school diploma, easy, uh, easily. But yet we we told kids to go, hey, go get you know seventy, eighty thousand dollars worth of debt to you know major in uh, you know social work or sociology or psychology or whatever, and and go to work as a, a social worker, and you're gonna make twenty five thousand dollars a year, and you're never gonna pay that loan back. Well, even in even in psychology, you have to have a master's or a doctorate. And in psychology to even do anything. A bachelor's in psychology is worthless. It's absolutely worthless. And in, and in, re- in reality, a bachelor's degree uh, today is, is basically devalued to the point where, you know, uh, I, I guess, I guess the, the result, I guess what you can say here is, is the result is we, we're creating a society of children dependent on uh, you know they're they're indebted. They're indebted to these financial companies, and they're getting used to the fact that oh, I'm indebted, and someone is to blame, and it can't be me to blame for these ill decisions because I was told I was told to go to school, I was told to go to bachelor's degree, I was told to do these things, and you're told these things by government officials, and you're told these things uh, by public officials, and, and now that you are uh, financially crushed financially ruined you look for them for a resolution and we look for them for guidance for an education to get in debt and now we look for those same people for relief from that debt and those people I have the answer for your problem you just need to vote for me you just need to give me the power I can I can I can change that for you but you in in the end the long-term uh, goal result was a society of people dependent on the elite power government. Well, I mean, just go back to the influence of TV and how TV influences society, or or how they gear these storylines on TV shows or TV series to um, essentially brainwash you into thinking that this is the way it is. And if you watch any sitcom or um, 
TV series that involves a family or children, the parents are always pushing their children to go to college. We were watching, we watched The Goldbergs the other night. If anybody ever watches The Goldbergs, and The Goldbergs, they're all, they're pushing their kids to go to college. They have to go to college. They have to get a college degree. I mean, that's what all the, all the storylines of any sitcom or any TV series that involves children, they're always pushing their kids to go to college. And if the kids don't go to college, there's some, some way, or if they choose a different path, somehow that's, uh, uh, less than someone who goes to college. Well, there's a like, t- they demean, they demean, right. Uh, a child or they demean uh, someone who decides uh, that they want to take a different career path than um, someone who goes to college and one thing that one TV series that comes to mind is uh, The Last Man Standing and there's in The Last Man Standing there's one of the daughters in that TV series who decides she wants to go on a military career. And Last Man Standing is supposed to be this big conservative voice and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's a Trump supporter and this and that. But they really demean this character in the show that has chosen to go on a path of, uh, uh, I guess, public service or a military career or she wants to go to a military academy and they really kind of demean that as a uh, not as a not as strong not as strong as if she went to college and got a degree in psychology or something like that you know they they make it like it's a like it's a bad decision well, for her to do that which I don't, I'm not going to advocate that anybody go out and join the military because I think the powers that be that control the military really do some crappy things and put our men and women who uh, who have a heart or really want to uh, uh, be public servants put them in bad situations that are uh, in the interest of the wealthy and the powerful rather than the country. That's, that's, that's the truth. Uh, I think, I think when I look at what you're talking about there, I look at, when you look at most shows, you see, you see two presentations of what, when you, when kids go to college, you see, you see the kids want to go to college and, uh, you know, there's that, the, the, the moment where you're talking about where you describe where the child may pick another uh, another pathway that's not going to college or whatever. And, you know, most of the TV shows uh, portray college as uh, a time of partying and it's, it's fun and, you know, you're going to go there and you're going to party and you're going you're to have fun and meet girls and guys and have sex and do all these crazy wild things. It's just another another crazy wild party 
and it's so bland and boring if you choose to be a welder or a pipe fitter or a, you know carpenter or whatever other which you know, skill those trade. People, those which people those, make money. Those, mean, yeah, I mean those, those people, people make, make $40 twenty forty dollars an hour. An hour. Uh, but oh, it's not glamorous because you got to go to college and, and live at a party and meet all these people and all these. So, uh, they, but they don't tell you about oh, you know. I'll say this: when I when I grew up and I got to the point in high school where I had to make a decision where I wanted to go to college or choose a career, uh, I chose for myself. I chose that you know I didn't want it just to delegate myself to a skilled trade or a factory worker dedicate yeah dedicate i didn't want to i didn't want to dedicate myself to that i wanted to do something different i want to do something more i knew that my avenue was going to be criminal justice uh i knew in order to get into criminal justice i needed that education so there was there was a understanding that further education in the field was necessary to get into that field because that's what I chose to do and I chose it because I knew one there's going to be work uh, there's going to be a reward for the education the education was not just going to be I'm going to learn something that doesn't apply to society it's something that I could give back to the community and it has applicable uh, jobs and situations out there so the degree was just not going to be a degree for the sake of experience in college uh, my parents wanted me to go to college. They encouraged me to go to college. They said, "I hope that you go to college." We never got, we never went to college. We didn't graduate high school. Uh, you know, graduate high school. If you want to go to college, we support you. Uh, if criminal justice is the way that you want to go, you know, uh, you know, mom, mom wasn't crazy about a dangerous career, dangerous pathway. But that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. We're going to support you. But we're not in a financial position to pay for your college. We're not in a financial position to pay for your uh, housing on college or off or off campus. So those things are going to be your responsibility. We will help you where we can, but we, we're not in a position to just pay for it. And in the end, uh, I, got, I worked hard in high school and was able to go to college for two years on a scholarship. And then the other two years, I transferred to a four-year uh, program, and I relatively came out, uh, you know, relatively cheap. And because I went into criminal justice and served, uh, you know, X amount of years in that field, those grants were erased because of my service to the, to the government and the community. So I saved a ton. I also lived off campus. Uh, I paid. I paid for my own meals. Paid for my own rent pay for my own car payment and I worked a job full-time and I went to school full-time wasn't easy it wasn't fun and I was uh, you know jealous and envious of the kids whose parents were paying for their college and who did live on campus and didn't have to worry about rent and didn't have to worry about a car payment and didn't have to work a full-time job and worrying about when they're gonna be able to study for a test and when they're gonna be able to get some sleep and how they're gonna do their classes and all these other great things that they could go out and party, and they could go out and have fun, and they could be go out and be social. And I was stuck home, being, having to be a responsible adult while trying to get an education. But in the end, looking now, looking back, I'm thankful because I came out less in debt, more prepared, and financially stable enough to go into a career so I can have the things that I have today. And we're not doing that with our children today. We're totally 
paving the road all the way uh, to the point where you have 30-something-year-olds now living in, with their parents still because they are financially in ruins. Right. <clears throat> financially in ruins because they have uh, they have $80,000 of student loan debt and no way to pay it because they come out of college uh, with a bachelor's degree and they can find a job that only pays $25,000 a year. Right. So so we, we've started with the children and we've started with the breakdown. We've, we've, we've crippled the children with, with unsurmountable debt and we've went to the point um, you know, we're, we've we crippled the children. We 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 pounded on the debt, and we gave those uh, families, uh, you know, another blow. Uh, so we're breaking down the family, and that's what is wrong with America today: is the family. You know, uh, we've indoctrinated the children through education. We crippled the children through education. And, and financial, uh, we financially burden families with this falsehood of that education is some grandiose uh, thing that's not actually turning out to to, to reciprocate uh, to the children. They're not getting uh, jobs like they should. Uh, we're losing skilled workers in America, which is sad we're we're losing entrepreneurs to big box stores uh you know small town america is strangled by the fact that big cities we're being told that you know to flee the big uh flee the small town america to go to big cities uh we've but told that's all part of agenda 21 agenda yes. 2030 we've, we've told families that the mom has to go to work because the mom is somehow uh devalued as a human being, if she doesn't have a job, that uh, she must be, you know, equal breadwinner or the breadwinner, uh, and that's not just the case. We've we've left we've left kids, and and we've set ourselves up for what we have today, where there's ultimate disrespect. I mean, things in society today are completely backwards. We have we're valuing criminal behavior in some aspect, and demonizing police officers we're telling our children to uh, love socialism and communism and uh -huh. devalue democracy and the republic that we have uh, we're creating a society where uh, we're being told that just because a, a something doesn't go your way that you can cry and pitch and, uh, and moan and we're going to give you your way uh, we're teaching children that that you don't have to be a particular gender that you are, that somehow at six years old you should be conflicted with what gender you are. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd of where we're at in society today. And we're also teaching children that if someone doesn't see your value or treat you like a princess or whatever, that they're bullying you. Yeah. Or somebody doesn't somebody doesn't hold the same opinion as you do, then they're a Nazi or they're uh, violent Communication or aggressive. Is breaking down. Yeah. Communication totally is breaking, breaking down. down. And you can see that today because these apps, Facebook, 
and Twitter and all these apps and all these things, they're, they're not designed to make your life easier and smoother. Why do you got 14-year-olds on Instagram? Why does a, why does a 12-year-old need to be on Facebook? Why does a 9-year-old need to have a Twitter account? And then we're, 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 we're baffled by why little Susie Q ran off with the 40-year-old man that she met on Facebook because parents didn't give a crap about what she was doing on Facebook or why she should have an iPhone 25 or whatever that's out there because she needed one because she needed to be cool. And we're, we're wondering, what, what tell me, is anybody tell me what purpose a 9-year-old or anybody of a child under the age of 18 needs social media for? No. You don't need it. We're wondering why children are making are committing suicide because they're bullied and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop because you gave them an open-ended pass to continuously bully somebody 24 hours a day on a scale that none of us have probably ever experienced. No way. Because I've went to school and I've dealt with my bullies. Yeah. And I've went to school and I've dealt with the crap and I went to school thinking, I don't want to go in there tomorrow. I don't want to have to deal with these people, this person that's giving me a hard time. But in the end, my mom and my dad said, hey, at some point, you're going to have to stand up, stand for, up yourself. for yourself. You're going to take it and persevere, or you're going to stand up for yourself, and you're going to persevere. Either way, those people are going to turn out to be nothing. You're going to continue on with what's right and what you know right, and you're going to make something out of yourself. And that's what happened, you know? And those I think people who bully me are standing on the side of the road, with a slow or stop sign directing traffic through a construction zone or a tree trimming expedition in your local neighborhood while I have a career. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with those people who do that, but I'm just saying the simple fact is the tables have turned. That my perseverance and saying, I'm not going to go kill myself. I'm not going to be sitting here and be bothered by the fact that this is an inconvenience because this is a minor inconvenience. It's a temporary inconvenience of life. We're all going to be confronted with situations or people in our life that challenges our, our patience, our beliefs, uh, you know, whatever those challenges may be. And it's how you handle those challenges and come through those challenges that defines who you are as a human being. But we've opened up this floodgate that children can go to school and be bullied in person and now they go home and they're tied to Facebook, and they're tied to their likes, and uh, you know, likes, and their hearts, and their dislikes, and all this. They think these things are psychological, and I think you, you'll comment on it. Those things are psychological. Those things make adults feel good. When you post something on Facebook and you get that like, it's a, it's all about it's, it's, a, a, it's a dopamine release. dopamine release. It's a yeah. release of dopamine. Oh, I got a like, and another like, and another like. Oh, I, I, it's a it values you. And there are, but it there, doesn't. There it are should executives. Be. There are executives in interviews of Facebook that say we engineered this to be like this, to hook people like a drug to these these dopamine releases and the number of likes. I mean, come on, any of you out there who have Facebook or Twitter or anything and you make a post and 127 people like your post, you're like, wow, 127 people like your, like my post. Everybody's I'm guilty of it. Yeah, yeah. everybody's oh, I'm guilty popular. Of it. People like it. Everybody's guilty of it. Uh, so imagine the opposite. Imagine a child who goes to school and gets bullied face-to-face, and then they go on Facebook, and they're searching for that dopamine release. Yeah. 
They, they just want to feel all good. of us. They want to yeah. feel accepted. They want to feel like they're part. And you're sitting there and you post and like, oh, Susie Q's this. And, and imagine those likes are dislikes. Those dislikes are hatred. Comments of hatred. Disparity. Uh, putting you down. Over and over and over again. You, you gave that to your child. You, as a parent, gave that to your child. Because... Nowhere is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of these social media outlets a right for your child. No. You gave that because, in my opinion, you are a shitty parent. You have to consider. Who did not put your foot down and say, you are not mature enough. You're not responsible enough. There's nothing in Facebook and the internet that's good enough for you to be on right now. Well, let's just face it. It is easier to give in than it is to tell a child no. If you tell a child no, then you have to stand behind that no. You have to be you have to be consistent and say no. Even when the child is persistent in wanting what you know is not good for that child, you have to stay consistent in your no. It's much easier when a child throws a fit or wants something to hand them what they want than it is to tell them no. Exactly. So you as a parent are taking the easy road out by saying, here, just have this phone because you're pitching a fit and it's embarrassing me or it's too much trouble for me to have to deal with because I've got all these other, these things going on in my life and I just don't want to have to deal with the negativity or the consequences of you pitching a fit as a child because at the end of the day the parent is probably lazy and they don't want to do what needs to be done to stay consistent and at the end of the day the parent just wants the kid to like them yeah and that's the problem we've also developed a uh, a society where the parents are not the parent. The parent is the friend. I, I want can you to honestly, like me. I can honestly say that I really don't think my parents cared if I liked them. Exactly. My mom, I don't think they care. I can't. I can't ever remember a time where my either one of my parents said, "I hope that you like me. I want to be your friend." They were no. there for me if I needed them. Yeah. They offered that support as a parent. They never were neglectful. They gave me the necessities. They raised me to do, you know, to be independent and, and so forth. You know, they went through all the tribulations that when I left, you know, they cried when I left for college. They, 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 oh, mourned, my parents they mourned, loved me. They mourned oh, yeah, the my things parents me. that every child or every parent and child has in a normal relationship. You know, of this, your first time driving, being able to teach you to drive, throwing a baseball. Those things were important. But in the end, you know, I'm your parent, and I love you enough for you to hate me in this moment because in the end, the end result is uh, you're going to grow up to be a productive member of society and a person who uh, is a person who is contributing back to society and a person who will in the end respect uh, the family dynamic. Right. You'll go on to have your own family, and you'll go on to do the same. And I, that's what I'm going to do when I have, if I have a child, is the same teachings that my parents. I'm not going to be your friend. 
No. I mean, I, I mean, I remember times when I told my mom that I didn't like her. Oh. Or whatever, and she didn't care. She I said, remember, I don't care. I remember times I would say, I hate you. I can't believe that you're doing this to me. I can't believe you have the audacity to punish me. I can't believe you whipped me. How dare you not give me this toy or give me what I wanted at this moment. And my mom's the same thing. I don't, I don't care, care if you like me or not. I don't care, I don't if, you like care if you call the police. I don't care if you call the authorities. No. I'm still going to whoop your butt. I'm still going to tell you what's wrong. I'm still going to let you know what's right. And if you don't like it, you just don't like it. And at the end of the day, that's a parent who cares about their children. It is a parent who cares about You do not care about your child if you just give them anything Whatever that they, they want, want for the sake of hushing them for that moment and avoiding the conflict. You shouldn't have a child at all. Nope. You shouldn't have a child at all if you think, oh, I don't want to make them mad. I don't want them not to like me. I don't want them not to love me. My mama told me, she said, I don't care if you grow up and you never talk to me again. As long as you don't go to jail, you don't do drugs, you ain't out here causing trouble, you ain't out here causing murdering somebody, and you're a productive person. I don't care if you ever talk to me again. I'll still love you. Yep. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I'll still love you. But I don't care. And that might be harsh by today's standards, but in reality, that is love. That's love. And it's truest. That's love. love. The Bi- and just to bring the Bible in, the Bible, I think it's in a proverb. I'll get the proverb up here, but I'll quote it for you. Um, the, the proverb in the Bible says, Spare the rod and spoil the child. But some translations say, spare the rod and hate the child. Spare the rod and hate the child. That means if you neglect discipline for your children, you hate your children. Because you're not doing what's best for your child at that point in time. Nothing. And the best thing for your child, the best thing for children is discipline. Absolutely. Discipline the children. You're not abusing the children. You're teaching them something that's going to be with them for the rest of their life. You're teaching them discipline. You're teaching them that everything doesn't always go their way. You're teaching them that they have to um, they have to uh, realize that they don't always get everything that they want and everything's not always handed to them. And there's some there's some things that are not good for you. There is. And there's always somebody that knows better. You will always There's come always across. somebody wiser. There's always somebody smarter. There's always somebody that has gone through what you think you want to go through, but they're there to tell you, hey, you don't want to go through this. Exactly. Because I've been there, I've done that, and this is not good for you. We are all not made on an equal plane. That's that's God's design. We're not all equal on a level playing field. Like Michael said, there's always going to be someone who knows a little bit more than you. There's always going to be somebody who's a little bit faster than you. There's always somebody who's a little bit slower than you. There's always somebody that's a little bit better looking than you. Uh There's always somebody with a little bit better personality than you. There's always somebody that's got a little bit more charm than you. There's always somebody with a little bit something more than you. You are who you are. Be who you are. Be the best person that you can be. 
do what you can do in in your life that is contributable in a positive way towards society, towards others. Don't worry about the person that's smarter than you, that's faster than you. Am I saying give up, that you'll never be smarter, faster, stronger, better? No. There's always room for improvement. We're human, be we're human beings. We always have the ability uh, to improve on anything. We can always make ourselves a little bit stronger, a little bit smarter. Uh, we can do all those things. Let me read this first uh, from the Bible. Uh, even the King James Version, version says, He who spareth his rod hateth his son, but he who loveth him chasteneth him. Let me read a more coherent modern-day language uh, version. The New International Version says, Whoever spares the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Discipline is the word. And I think I think today's society has turned discipline into abuse. Yes, exactly. And discipline is not abuse. No. By Disci far. Discipline is a is a is a uh, mature uh, trait to have. Someone who has discipline orders their life. Well, somebody out there might go saying, oh, well, are you telling me to beat my child? No, I'm not telling you to beat your child because abuse is abuse. abuse I mean, abuse happened when we were getting our butt whooped by our parents. There's abuse. There's a yeah, level. Yeah, there's abuse. I will not say anything that my parents did was abuse to me. No. It made me mad. It made me cry. It made me hurt. It made me do all these things. And by today's standards, maybe that is abuse today. But it shouldn't be, because there is a, a threshold. There, yeah, there's absolutely a threshold. And I think abuse, um, I look at the way my mom whooped us, and the things that, that my parents did, honestly, I would probably do to my children. Because when I back talk my mom, she popped me in the mouth. Mm -hmm. I didn't bleed. Uh, she didn't knock me on the ground. She never punched me. It was never a closed fist. But she popped me in the mouth. And you know what I learned from that? Shut your mouth. Yeah. Respect your mama. Respect your mom. Respect authority. Respect the fact that someone had more wisdom and, and foresight than you did at that moment. Respect that fact. I'm just like you. Uh, you know, I... I, could, I always tell the story, and I, and I joke about it now, but my mom would always get in trouble, and she would ask me, you got something to say? And what do you got to say about that? And I would say, well, I would, and I'd, I'd get to that point, well, I, I think, and just like that, wow, right in the mouth like you did, open open smack in the mouth, don't you backtalk me. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you asked, don't you, don't question my authority. Yeah. I am the authority. I know what's best for you. Yeah. Uh, I know what you need. I know how to get you from A to B where I want you, where I need you to be in society. I'm fine. And I'm fine I, with that now. I had friends that had kids that were so out of control that I bought them a fire tablet for Christmas. 
just so we could eat out in peace because their kids were out of control climbing all over the booth but isn't it isn't under it the under the under the table all kinds of crap isn't it interesting how something as simple as a tablet or device can put in front of a kid and they're instantly mesmerized immobilized i don't i know what is going on in it's that program so, that's an entire different show on its own yeah but as a parent i'd be like why is this so mesmerizing to my child. What is the message? I don't ever remember being like that. When I, I was we got a up kid. on Saturday mornings and we loved cartoons. And we got up on Saturday mornings and we watched our cartoons. But then there was an interjection. There was like, my mom, all right, it's 10 o'clock outside. No more TV. You go outside. You play. Go find something to do. Go help your daddy do a chore. Go do something. But you're not going to sit here and watch TV all day. And be a not on a log. But now we're in a society of video gamers and TV people and phone people. There's zombies out there. There's zombies. Go do your local McDonald's or fast food restaurant or whatever. Try to make change. You know, when they tell you, oh, it's uh, oh, you a dollar ninety five, and you give them the extra five cents once their minds blow. Oh, away. they watch their minds blow. You gave me a nickel uh, too you much. You gave me a nickel. You can't. I gotta get a manager up here. Watch a kid. Over there texting on their phone and laughing and cutting up while you're trying to order your food, but they're over there texting on your phone. I remember a day when if I even brought my phone into my job bagging groceries at Food Line, I'd lose my job. Just for the simple fact they even brought my phone in there. That I didn't leave it in the car. Yep. I lost my job. But now, you're, I'm, I'm entitled to my phone. You're entitled to your phone because you raised a bunch of spoiled brats. Yep. We got ten minutes left, so let's, let's talk about uh, you know, let's wind down and talk about Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving. and the family, and the point that you brought up at the beginning of the show about uh, places that are open. And uh, I know one of my uh, one of my my peeves about Thanksgiving is I, I I love the I love Thanksgiving. I love the food. I love turkey. I love all the stuff that comes with it. I love the dressing and the gravy and, and all that stuff. I love being with my family during that time. You know, uh, Thanksgiving for me... Oh, by the way, dressing is not stuffing. Right. It's not it stuffing. is totally, a totally different dish. Totally. Totally a different dish. Dre uh, stuffing, I don't know what contraption that is. Yeah. It's, it's chopped up cardboard and celery. I don't, whatever. But dressing um, is not stuffing. When maybe we, you have to be in the south. In the south, it's a southern maybe you have thing. maybe you have to be in the south maybe. to appreciate dressing because gotcha. there are stuffing people and there are dressing people. I'm a dressing person. I'm a dressing dressing person. dressing dressing. Uh, I'll talk about my Thanksgiving. You can talk about your Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving when we grew up, it centered around the grandparents, uh -huh. and we went to the grandparents. All the family came together with the grandparents on each side of the family: mom's side, dad's side. Um, on my mom's side, we played football. The guys went out. We played touch football. We ate. We played more touch football. Uh, we we mingled and we, we, we laughed and we cut up and we got mad at each other. And whatever happened, we just went on. I mean, it was Thanksgiving. But we were all together and we were all there. We were all united by that one thing. And it's family. But somewhere along the line, it changed. And now I talk to Michael and I tell Michael, I said, you know, I'm going to go to Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is going to be about, it's going to be a ton of food, 
and my mom and my aunts are all and my are all going to prepare all this spread of food like we did when we were kids when we were playing football at my grandparents' house. But all the cousins and all the brothers and sisters are all going to come over, and they're going to eat like birds, and they're going to talk for five minutes, and then the women are going to step up and they're going to say, "Well, I got to go. I've got to go get in line. I've got to go to the Black Friday sale." I gotta get out there and get that deal. I gotta leave. Ain't got time for this. I've gotta go out here and get this TV that's on sale. FYI, Walmart only has five TVs that are on sale. They only have five in the store. Good luck getting a ticket for and that. Some one. families have held on. Some families are holding on. And God bless those families that are holding on. But, you know, I think my family's fallen victim to this as this younger generation of my cousins and stuff are, you know coming about I gotta go get the TV yeah there's a TV out there it's ten dollars if I go get that TV I just gotta I just gotta get in line now and at nine o'clock in the morning I get in line in the morning I get that TV well like Michael said there's there's two TVs yeah right? you basically gotta stab <laughs> or shoot somebody to get, to the, get TV. the TV um, it's not worth sacrificing family it really is not there's going to be TVs there. There's not a shortage of TVs in there. No, America. there's not. There's not a shortage of clothes. And they go on sale all the time. They go on sale all the time. There's not. Black a... Friday is a gimmick of the corporations to get you to spend money. To get you to spend money. It's and called Black Friday so that they can move themselves from the red to the black. To the black. Because this, all, most retail outlets make all of their money, make the majority of their money for the whole year in the period of time between um, Thanksgiving and Christmas because it's a retail holiday or it's been turned into a retail holiday and that's why it's called Black Friday because you move all the retailers from the red which is losing money or in debt to the black which is making money we only get one chance at this life we only get one chance. We only get one chance at each holiday. We, we're not guaranteed the next holiday. Right. Go out there and enjoy the time with your family. And one day out of 365 days of the year, one day to just have a dinner with your family, uh, fellowship, talk, laugh, cry, hate, whatever. That's your family. Shouldn't be overshadowed by a discounted TV or a computer or today's latest fashion or a pocketbook or a cyber sale or whatever. Take, those are always going to be there. The odds are we don't even need that stuff anyway. Most no, of the, most honestly, of the stuff, no most of the no, stuff, no most of the stuff. stuff that you need, you already got. Yeah. Every family's got it. You don't yeah. need it. It's, it's The preacher of our church has said something. One in a need. Oh, yeah. That's a a good, a there's a one in a need. Yep. Most of the stuff that uh, is needed in a family, we everybody already has everybody it. Everybody has it. You got a roof over your head. You got food coming to your table. You got a job. You got a car. You got clothes. You got all that stuff. But all this Black Friday stuff, that's a need. Yeah. And I'm not much for boycotting. I'm not much for all that other stuff. Uh, but we got to show these people that we're sick and tired of you degrading the American family and the values of American society. Don't go to these places Don't go. that are open on Thanksgiving. Don't, Don't go. go. 
when I was a kid, there was a gas station open. A gas. <laughs> there was a That's gas it. station open. Gas station. That's Everything it. else was closed. It's always open. There was no. There was no uh, Walmart open. There was no Kmart. There was opened the next day. Sometime the next. The malls day. were closed. The malls were closed. The stores were closed. There's no. Everything online. was closed. There was a, there was one or two gas stations that spread. Well, there here. was no online. Right. There was no online. <laughs> We were in the cusp of the online. We were, yeah. That. But the gas stations was about the only thing you could find open. And there's one or two gas stations here and there. The, yeah. You know, the marathons, the shells, the big names. BPs, things um, like that, yeah. Those were open. Uh, you know, I remember, oh my God, I forgot we didn't have this. And I hope the gas stations got it, because otherwise we, you're just SOL. Yep. Uh, but now everything's open. It's open 24 hours. It's it's a, it's a it's Walmart a society that you know, Walmart closes for ten minutes, and and those you know those people got to go away from their family to go to Walmart because you're a greedy bitch. Yeah, because you're a greedy. Think about person. all the pe- think about all the people who have to sacrifice their holiday um, with their pa- with their family just to go and be a cashier at Walmart. Right, we can't stop. Out of three hundred and sixty-five days of the year, we can't stop. We can't stop a couple times consuming. of the year. We can't stop consuming for a couple times of the year, just to sit back and say, "This is my time. This is my time as a person, as a mom, dad, uncle, cousin, grandparent, grandfather." Whatever. And I think that goes back to the breakdown of the family. It goes back to the breakdown of the family. Like, this is the whole point. The breakdown you know, of this nobody. People would rather spend their time in a line at Best Buy, fighting a stranger, fighting a stranger, than actually spending time with their family. And I look, Jack was talking about his experience with his family, and mine was similar. Uh, that's the way we were. We were all focused around my paternal grandmother. And that's what all the holidays were focused around. We all went there. And when I say we all went there, I mean all of us. My my mom's, my, my maternal grandmother, my mom's mom, my maternal grandfather, we all went to daddy's mama's house. And that's where we spent Christmas. That's where we spent Thanksgiving. We all went there, and we were all a big family. And I look back at, at all of those years that we spent there, and and now the only the only one we have left is my paternal grandmother, and she's eighty she's eighty nine years old, and everybody else has basically just died off. And moved on to moved on to heaven, and we our family has dwindled down to just about twelve of us now. And I remember times uh, at Christmas and Thanksgiving when we would have twenty people in the house, and now our twenty has turned to twelve, and all of the people that are gone now. And the times when I was a kid, and you know when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, and you just sit around and you think this is so boring and I don't want to be here and there's so much other things to do and blah, blah, blah. And I look back on that now and I think, wow, those were, those were really um, 
really precious times to have been able to experience and to really have had a family that came together. And I understand that families aren't close together and maybe everybody's not uh, as close in proximity as we were, but still, you know, if you travel to see your family, spend time with your family. Don't worry about the deals at Best Buy or the deals at uh, Target or whatever is going on, the TVs, but or the electronics or the iPhone 4s or whatever iPhone 4s. <laughs> 40, uh, he meant iPhone 45s, whatever. iPhone 11s uh, yeah. or whatever uh, are, are coming out or whatever the hot new thing is. You know, just spend time with your family. Stay home. Don't go to these Black Friday sales. Don't go to these don't go to these retailers that are open on Thanksgiving at five PM so you can line up and get a ticket for a TV that they only have five of them in the whole store. Because because you're perpetuating the breakdown in the family when you go to those places. Yeah. Because those you are. people have to go and sacrifice, like Michael said, to be at those places to open them up so you can have the latest device. The the fact is those devices are gonna be there. Always. Well, the in fact all is, honesty, they could offer those devices at those prices at any time. And, and exactly, and that's what I'm. That's that was about to be my next point. Is if you stop the Black Friday, and you say, "This is my point. This is my time with my family and my friends." You you can essentially move Black Friday to whenever, uh, you know, day the of the year, Friday. whatever day of the year you want it to be. It doesn't have to be the, the day after Thanksgiving. It's the day after Thanksgiving because you've been programmed to say, oh, this is this is the only time. It's the only time because you flock to the stores. But they also but if you say offer no, those TVs at low prices during Super Bowl season. Exactly. But, it, you know, you dictate what these businesses do. If you say no more of this stuff as a consumer, as a person, you're not going to do this anymore. My family's more important in these Black Friday things, they will move it to another day. Oh, they yeah. will find another way to get their money. And like Michael said, it's only Black Friday because it's moved from the red to the black financially for these companies. They'll find another way. Oh, yeah, the retailers, yeah. They'll... And, and and they'll find another way based on our habits. Yeah. You control it. We're con- Let me just say this. We're a consumer-driven society. Consumer-driven society. So that means the consumer drives what the uh, retailers or what the corporations do. So if the consumer habits change, then the corporation habits will change. Exactly. You drive the economy. This, this You drive these corporations. You absolutely have the power. You absolutely have the power. Don't let them brainwash you because the corporations and the companies and the retailers have created this... Um, this uh, Thanksgiving... It's a mental disorder. <laughs> I think it is. It's a mental disorder. Yeah. It's brainwashing. They've told you that Black Friday starts on Thanksgiving. doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. Black Friday can start May whatever. It can be May, April, February, whatever. It doesn't have to be at the expense of your family. I wonder why they don't do a... 
like a Black Friday in February for uh, Valentine's Day. Because Valentine's Day isn't a cash cow. It's not a cash cow. Although it you've is been a cash told cow. To, you've been told to eat, be merry, and run out to the store. Um, Valentine's Day is a cash cow if you think about it. It is. It's a cash cow. It's a, it's a disgusting holiday. It's, a, it's one of those. We'll uh, talk about that on think. Um, what is it? Day. What What do they call those? A greeting card holiday. A greeting card holiday. Yeah. So the gist of this 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 podcast is be thankful that you live in America. Be thankful that you have the freedoms uh, that we have. Uh, that we live in a country where we can disagree. Uh, we live in a country where it's not so much an amicable disagreement anymore. Uh, we can't disagree without one side being a Nazi or a hater or uh, you know whatever evil that you want to put on somebody. We can't have a civilized conversation. Uh, but that can change. And that can change because you as an individual holds the power. And that's the whole point of this, this podcast. If you go into Thursday and you go into Thanksgiving, be thankful for the fact that you have a family. Be thankful that you have friends. Um, I realize that there's people out there that may not have a family. Uh, they may be at odds with their family. Try to reconcile with those in your family that have that you have differences with. Um, you don't have a family that you can be around. Uh, you have friends. Be thankful that you have friends. If you're still alone on Thanksgiving... Uh, our prayers for you, but be thankful that you have what you have in your life. Uh, you may want more, you may desire more, you may wish that you have more. Uh, don't be sad that you are where you are. Be thankful that you are alive. Be thankful that uh, you have a roof over your head. You have this opportunity. You have an opportunity to be impactful in somebody's life. You could be dirt poor and want more and alone. But there's someone out there who's in a worse position than you are. So be thankful that you have what you have. Keep striving to have more. Keep striving to be a, a better person. Those of you that are spending time with your family, be thankful that you have that family. Be thankful that you have that support because, like we said, there's those people that don't have that opportunity. But you only have each of those opportunities one time. One day at a time. One hour at a time. Next year... We're not guaranteed another Thanksgiving. We're not guaranteed another holiday season. So be thankful that you've got those those opportunities. Uh, don't waste them over a TV, a computer, the latest phone. You don't need those things. Those things don't, don't define who you are. They don't impress anybody. If those things motivate you, if those things are driving you, then your priorities are messed up already. Um, Michael, you want to close this out with something... Uh, yeah, as Jack was talking, I, uh, this uh, Bible verse came to mind, and it's uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I'll read and uh, start in chapter, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'll start in verse 15. It says, make sure no one repays evil for evil, always pursue what is good. For one another and for all people. Rejoice at all times. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance. For this is God's will for you in in Christ Jesus. And I think that's I think that's the message of Thanksgiving. Even though it's a it is a national holiday. 
it's not a worldwide or a religious necessarily holiday. But um, I think that's the message of Thanksgiving. Give thanks in all circumstances. And I think that's something we can carry throughout the year. It's just let that live on the inside of us is that give thanks in all circumstances. So if it's okay with you, I'll go ahead and pray yeah, for um, the nation and our people. The nation and people that are listening. Uh, Heavenly Father, we love you. Uh, we thank you for this time of year uh, that we're in right now. We're in the, the, the time of Thanksgiving. And like your word says, that we just created in us a heart and a desire to give thanks and to be grateful and to show our gratitude in all circumstances and situations that we're in. Father, I ask you for the people who are out there listening um, and their families that you would just provide all of their needs and um, just show them what they have in their lives to be thankful for and to rejoice for and to pray for and to pray without ceasing and to not repay evil for evil, but to do good to all those that are around them. And Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus that we live in a country where we are still free. We're free to do this radio show, we're, we're, we're internet show, radio show. We're free to do this internet show. We're free to speak our minds. We, we have a platform um, to do what we're doing. And we ask you for the people who are listening to rise up with confidence and be thankful and grateful and use the platform of their life to do good to do good to those who are around them and to spend time with their family to see the the value that their family has and the value that the people who are around them have in their life and we ask you this and we give you thanks above all in Jesus name amen amen well, that definitely uh, is a powerful message. I hope that uh, y'all will take heed uh, and apply those uh, messages that we, we gave you and that uh, you will spend time with your family uh, this year, this holiday season as it comes up. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everyone that's out happy there. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy the turkey. Enjoy the dressing, not the dressing. Stuffing. Well... Yes, yeah. please. Uh, all the stuff that comes with it. But most of all, enjoy the company of each other. Friends, family, enemies. People. And jellied cranberry. If you like jellied cranberry, I do not you like, like jelly. jellied cranberry, you are a weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a no cranberry. Uh, but enjoy the holiday season. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, we hope and we're coming up on my favorite time of the year. Which is Christmas. Christmas, yeah. We'll, have, we'll probably have a Christmas show with Michael. Uh, I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Michael. And this is Project 45. Uh, be sure to, uh, if you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, be sure to uh, hit us up on uh, uh, email, project45mega at gmail.com. You can find us on facebook.com at project45mega. 
and you can follow us also on Twitter. Uh, give us a tweet at project underscore 45. Again, I'm Jack. And I'm Michael. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time. Happy Thanksgiving.